We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast. We are coming at you hot and heavy this week as we prepare for the opening of the 76th season of New York Knicks basketball. How about that? Um, Knicks, of course, tip off on Wednesday on national TV uh ESPN game uh, against the Memphis Grizzlies. So we got a couple episodes in store before that, starting with today's episode uh featuring the one the only Fred Katz of the Athletic. Uh as I mentioned at the top of the show, it's been a while since Fred's been on. I think we last had him on the beginning of the summer, but definitely, you know, early on and all the Mitchell stuff. So um it was good to catch up with Fred and we did a, a fun little gimmick for this episode, which I will not spoil. I'll let you listen to that. Um, and that's today, tomorrow. Got a special crossover edition uh, dropping, which you'll be able to hear part of on this feed and part of on the feed of the show that we are doing a crossover with. I will not spoil that, although hint, hint, it's the crossover we usually do before every every new season. I think this will be the third or fourth annual. I forget. In any case, Um but yeah, stay tuned for that. But for right now, here is my conversation with the Athletics, Fred Katz. Joining me now on the next Film School podcast. The last time I talked to this gentleman, I think 
I don't even know if Donovan Mitchell had been placed on the trade block yet officially. I think they were every, everything was still hunky dory ish in uh, in Utah. Had the oh my god, had the Knicks even signed Jalen Brunson completely legally and within the oh it was Andrew is nodding. Yeah, so they had completely legally signed Jalen Brunson without any chicanery of any kind. Um, but it has been a while, nonetheless. Uh, so it is extra special for me to welcome back the beat reporter for The Athletic, covers the New York Knicks, Fred Katz. What an intro. What an intro. I mean, I, I, I especially appreciate the way you're welcoming me in because uh, the people who are watching on video will understand that the sun is coming through my window at an insane angle right now and shining down on the right side of my face. And the whole background of me is like in a shadow. I look like I'm emerging from, <laughs> from, 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 from the dark off season to talk about a season preview, ready to go. You know, I'm going to run with this symbolism. It feels... We're, so I'll explain our, our gimmick, what we're doing today in, in just a moment. But it does feel... I'll ask you, because it, it feels to me from a, from a fan slash someone who writes about this team every day perspective, it feels pretty bright and sunny at the moment in Knicks land. Is that a f- fair assessment? Feels bright and sunny everywhere if you don't live in Charlotte or Chicago. I mean, <laughs> that's it's so mean. Uh, that's so mean. You're 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 O and O. You know, Charlotte is like, oh my goodness. But uh, you know, Chicago has the Lonzo Ball stuff, and I guess Phoenix we can throw in there as well. But they won sixty four games last year. Like they yeah. they got they got a long way to go before they they hit bottom. They could fall off a ton and still win 50 games. So like, yeah, everybody, everybody's feeling good. I will say I'm being glib, but I thought they looked pretty good in the preseason and I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on a lot of those yep. things. And and I wrote for this morning about a bunch of that kind of stuff, but I thought, thought the preseason as much as it can be, you never want to read certainly into preseason stats, but I thought for the most part, it was, it was pretty encouraging. I, attempted in our exercise today, which we have both prepared for. Um, I attempted not to let the preseason infect my bloodstream too much. However, with one player in particular, and I'll, I'll be curious if you can, you can guess who it is. Um, it was very difficult. Um, so on that note, let me explain what we're doing. I think I'm going to explain it correctly. And when I screw up, um, you'll jump in. So we thought it would be fun to go through Several key Knicks. I think we ranked, we did this exercise for eight Knicks each. Um, see where they rank positionally. And I use the term positionally loosely, which I'll get to in a sec, within the league. And for some of the players, position is just like, you know, starting point guards. For some other players, we, we kind of were a little bit, um, we had a little bit more fun with the, with the definitions of what they are. Um, and we'll go through those, those things in a moment. But the, the key thing I want to emphasize, we because we don't have like a week to do this, we didn't nail down an exact number. And this was my suggestion because this would have driven me crazy. We are giving a range for each of these players. So like you're not going to get me to say that RJ Barrett is the X best wing in the league. He's going to be in a range of like something to something else. Andrew's smirking because he hates that when he, he can't get me to nail something down definitively. What is the whole point of sports talk radio? Oh we don't God. decide the exact number of yeah. where someone's ranking is, John. 
Andrew, this is this is an alternative to sports talk radio. This yes, is it's an upgrade of alternative programming. Radio. No, it's an this upgrade. Is, you guys are more yeah, informed because it's than I just think this, bro. My friend, as a result of you guys having more information and turning to more numbers, your rankings will be more calculated and correct. So, even more of a reason why you should land on a number. Well, I'll tell you my first ranking then right off the bat. That opinion is the third best opinion on this issue. <laughs> third on this best on this podcast. Okay. You know, top, top three all time. I'll take it. You know why I don't feel bad? Because a uh, friend of the pod and uh, someone who hosted Mr. Fred Katz on his pod, Zach Lowe, talks every year at the end of the season about how much he pours for hours upon hours over his like awards and this and that. And he's the most informed person out there. So, you know. And he doesn't. He can't even nail down an exact ranking. So I do not feel bad that we are not capable of doing what Zach Lowe is apparently not capable of doing either. I feel bad for all of you. Then. Yeah, How's great. that? Um, speaking of Mr. Lowe, I'm going to take a page from his show, and I'm going to, uh, since you are the guest, Mr. Katz, I'm going to allow you to choose the first player who we will discuss in our little exercise. All right. Well, let's let's uh, let's go with Jalen Brunson. Let's do Jalen Brunson. Starting with a bang. Yeah. Start with someone good. Who are we going to start with? Jericho Sims? We're starting with Jalen Brunson. Actually, Jericho Sims isn't even on our list. I was about to say, could you imagine if we ranked the third string centers in the league? That would have been that would have been a bit overkill. So uh, no, we should have ranked the two-way guys and done Trevor Keels first. That really would have been the move. (laughs) To say that I have literally no opinion of Trevor Kills after this preseason would be uh, not stating it strongly enough. I will I will share with our listeners the clarifying question I asked you and you, you tossed it right back to me. Are we including two players in particular in our point guard rankings? And those two players were Luka Doncic and Kate Cunningham. You, you said, what do you think? And I said, sure, let's include them. So Luka and Kate are included. I don't think there's anybody else like controversial who like... I included Steph. Like, is there anybody else who you who you flip flopped in terms of deciding? You know, when you're in the rankings. I mean, I, I see James Harden on point guard list sometimes, but I, I did not include him in that. Oh, okay. So I did. That's interesting. All right. So that's okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. I mean, I just figured Maxi is Maxi is their point, and but yeah. I wonder if that not would really. Okay. I guess Harden really is their point, but Harden doesn't guard point guards. That's what's like the thing yes. that's weird about it. Like. He doesn't guard point guards, so I didn't do it. But okay. anyway, we're giving a range. So who cares? Ultimately, who cares about any of this? You know, I care, Fred. <laughs> I care what your ranking of Jalen Brunson is. And Great. so you want to do Brunson first. What's your what's your range? Yeah. So on the high side, I have him at 15. Um, how of, of all the point guards in the league, should I should I name the 14 guys who I think are are ahead of him? So before you talk about, should we talk about like the guys in his grouping that I have? How how do you want to handle before you? I think we should talk about the guys in his grouping and the rate, the numbers that I have written down for Brunson are 15 dash 20. So my high side of my range was also 15, which makes me feel pretty good that you had the exact same number. Um, You said the range. So I'll say the names that I have in his group. You ready for this? Yeah. Kyle Lowry, Marcus Smart. Fred Van Vliet, Tyrese Halliburton, De'Aaron Fox. Okay, cool. I think that that makes sense. I, I have Halliburton a little bit above, but I'm super high on Halliburton this year. Um, like I think I almost put him up there. 
I think I think Halliburton is like that dude is so ready. He was unbelievable in Indiana last year. He had two. I've said this set on like 19 different podcasts now. He he had two 15 assists, zero turnover games after the trade to Indiana last year. Like that oh, dude wow. is ready. He is making another leap this year. He is gonna be like I, I take it back. People keep saying he's gonna be really good. He is really good and is gonna be even better. Um, but yeah. I have Lowry took a big fall off last year. So before last year, I would have had Lowry ahead for sure. Same. But he looked like he looked like he aged. Um, he wasn't quite as quick. Uh, the, the ability to score off the dribble was just was just way down from what we're used to seeing from Kyle Lowry. So so he kind of fell off. I have I have basically that same group. I have Malcolm Brogdon in that group. Oh, uh, I, have I have Malcolm Brogdon in a different category that we're we're going to do later. But continue. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I brought I brought in that group. I have um, I have Lonzo Ball in that that grouping as well. Right. Which, if you want to drop Lonzo because it's just an uncertain injury history, I understand that. I just think he's one of the there. You can count on one hand how many guards are better than him defensively. I yes, and he's clearly the apex version of his like the type of point guard role that he fills on a team, which for the Bulls, obviously, while it was working, it was alongside two ball dominant guys. And if you want to, you know, throw in Vooch a third. So that's the only reason I struggled with, with Lonzo, because so many of the guys on this list are either the clear first options for their teams um, on the, the, the guys who we ranked higher where they're like right there. And the guys in this range, you know, like Kyle Lowry, is he the, I don't know. Is he the third option on the Heat? Is he the fourth option on the Heat? Like Marcus Smart, Ben Fleet, like all of these guys are kind of there. You know, the fact that Lonzo was like the definitive, I mean, if he's even the fourth, I, I you know, it's, it, I struggled there, but I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, they're the guys who are sure things, like if we're counting Luca, Trey, Kyrie, Ja, Steph, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, Damian Lillard, Maxi, I think has looked so awesome in the preseason. Uh, I guess you can choose Maxi or Harden. They're going to take up the same spot. Um, DeJounte Murray, Fred Van Vliet, I actually had above him. Uh, I, I think Fred Van Vliet, Fred I think Van that's Vliet is fair. too good of a jump. He's too I, good of a jump shooter. That's the separator. So he's also a really good defender where I, yes, he is. He's a really good defender and, and, and he's a really good defender in a way that, I mean, they have similar body types, right? And he yeah. overcomes that body type. Like Fred Van Vliet, for example, last preseason game, Jalen Brunson is playing Washington, right? Bradley Beal gets switched. I, I know where Brunson. you're going with this. Yeah. Bradley Beal gets switched on to Brunson. Beal posts him up two dribbles, hits a beautiful turnaround. Yeah. Looks so good doing it that I actually texted Bradley Beal's trainer and was like, <laughs> whoa, did Brad add a post game this summer? And he says, nope, he, he's always had that post game. Uh, but he, he just doesn't really, he's, he's Brad's not a big two. Like he's a strong two guard, but he's not tall as two guard. So he just never really uses it. Brunson's one of the guys he can use it on. Cause he's that much bigger. He can't do that to Fred Van Vliet, even though Fred Van Vliet is that same size, like Fred Van Vliet, like miles McBride told me that one of the, um, defenders who he studied the most to try to replicate was Fred Van Vliet because of his post defense. Really? The way he overcomes that size. Yeah. I thought that was really That's awesome. and interesting from him. Yeah. Super cool. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, I just, Van Vliet is, he's like a really good defender too. A lot of deflections and he's really good. You, I objectively, Van Vliet is, is correct to be in the tier above. I, 
I'm factoring in there was a little bit of a shooting drop off at the end of last season. I don't think it's anything to worry about. And also, here's the thing for me with Brunson. If you're going to sell yourself on Brunson to be in this range or potentially even a little higher in this range, you have to, I think, be really all in on how he scores and not only deem that like an okay way for a team to function, having like probably the smallest guy on the floor be, you know, somewhere between four and 14 feet from the paint, like almost all of the time when he has the ball, but like you have to embrace how well he does that and how efficiently he does that. And I guess that's kind of what I'm, that's the Kool-Aid I'm drinking here in, in potentially putting him in the same group as Van Fleet. But I, again, I think you're, you're right on with, with where you have him. I mean, can we say some nice stuff about Jalen Brownson? Please. Yeah. He, He's really he had, freaking good. He had an incredible preseason. Like yeah. I remember last year they came into the year and remember how bad that starting unit was. And you saw it like right away. It wasn't like, Oh, let's wait and see. But all the team internally, all they were talking about was, well, you know, you got Kemba coming in, got Fournier coming in. And and obviously over time, it really showed that Kemba just didn't look like the same sort of player at all. He lost his athleticism and all that, but it just never jived with that first unit the whole year. And, and, And the talk from inside the team the entire time was, was, oh, you know, they just need time to work yeah. it out. They need time to get together. And and I was ready for a similar sort of thing to Brunson because while Brunson is a very amenable player and a very smart player and very good at playing off of others, and that's why he was so good with Luca. it's just like he's still an impact player and that takes a little time to adjust. Apparently not at all. Like they, they just, they look totally seamless. Uh, he just looks like he fits Aside from all the shot making and everything that he did, which he's going to make shots, he's wildly efficient. Like he just looks so comfortable and everyone looks so comfortable around him. But I wanted to ask you on that. How much of that do you think has to do with the fact that he seems almost all the time to make the right? I mean, I hate to sound like coach speak here, but like to make the right play, like he very rarely clearly takes a bad shot. Like I know he had a couple of games in the preseason where a shot wasn't falling. You could say maybe he was forcing it a little bit in that second one or no, not the second one, the, the third preseason game. But like for the most part, I think just guys maybe want to play with him because they trust that he will get them the ball if they are in the right spot to get the ball. And then there's maybe a trickle down effect to that. Well, yeah. If we ranked top 10 smartest point guards, he'd be oh, in yeah. the top 10. Yeah. Yeah. He'd be in the top 10. Um, his, his, his intelligence is higher than just his pure God-given ability. Not that he doesn't have pure God-given ability. His footwork is insane. Oh my God. Um, yep. But, but he's just that smart. I mean, he's, He's he's unbelievably smart. He's an incredibly smart cutter. He's a great decision maker. He's a guy you want with the ball. He's a he's a better passer than this assist totals of the past indicate. Uh, he's 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 a better passer within the office within the offense, not within the office. A better passer within the offense than he is like a, just give it to him and let him let him do stuff off the dribble and create. He's different in that way. But yeah, he's a really good player. That that contract is is fine. It's fine. Oh, I, I, he's a, he's a really good player. 15th best point guard in the league is is good. Point guard is deeper than it's literally ever been. The 15th best point guard in the league is a very good point guard. And and that fact really dawned on me in in like full force as we were doing these rankings because as I'm you go through the point guard list 
And then you go through the list for the other positions and nothing else really holds a candle. And some of the positions really don't hold the candle, which I'm going to, if it's okay with you, I'm going to pick the next position. Dude. I mean, just before, before we go on, like, yeah. Luca, Trey, Kyrie, John Morant, Steph Curry. That's five. I'm not doing this in any particular order. By no, the way. no particular. Shea Gilgis Alexander, Damian Lillard, Tyrese Maxey slash James Harden, DeJounte Murray, Fred yeah. Van Vliet. That's 10 guys. We haven't even gotten to LaMelo Ball, Drew Holiday, Chris Paul, and, and Halliburton. So that's I had 14. I had like Chris Drew. Paul, I mean, like I had Drew in the in the class above. Did you mention Garland? Because I had Garland in the class above too. Oh, you know, I forgot about Garland. Garland is in the class above, so maybe I have him at sixteen. So it's funny you mentioned Dejounte Murray. I don't have Dejounte Murray above because I didn't I didn't consider him for this category. Because for me, it, a, a team could only have one point guard, so I have Trey. Uh, you know, I guess you're absolutely right. So I guess I'm back at fifteen. This is what I get for just <laughs> scanning and, through. And one other guy I do want to mention is we've forgotten about, and I guess maybe the injury question mark relegates him that he shouldn't be in the, the no doubt about it. Top 15 is Jamal Murray. Um, I don't know. I don't know. What you I do just with didn't know what point. to do with Jamal Murray. If Jamal That's Murray fine. is as good as he was before he's above, but I mean, also Nick's got a lot of grief for that contract and the Knicks do Nixie stuff all the time. But look, let's talk about the other guys who are in his range, right? Lonzo makes 20 million a year. Brogdon makes 20 some odd million a year. Kyle Lowry makes $30 million a year. Mike Fox max player a year. Fox is uh, is on a max. Like Terry Rozier makes like 18 or whatever. Like these are, this is totally acceptable number for a top 15 ish point guard. Um. I was just thinking of the Kevin Kevin Porter Jr. contract. If if they're in three or four years, I think Kevin Porter Jr. will be making the same amount as uh, Jalen Brunson. But we'll 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 see what happens with that. Um, can we go to center? Hell yeah, we can go to center. It's your podcast. <laughs> this was the this is the Kool Aid for me because if oh, you had man. asked if you had asked me before the preseason without thinking much into it. Where does Mitchell Robinson rank in the league centers? My gut instinct would be somewhere around league average and probably below, like on the lower side of 15 than the higher side of 15. And yet, here are the players, here are the centers that I definitively have above Mitch right now in no particular order. Bam Adebayo, Joel Embiid, DeAndre Aiden, Nikola Jokic, Rudy Gobert, Jonas Valanciunas, and DeMontis Sabonis. Um, not, not Cat, because Cat is not playing center on his own team, and thus he cannot play center on this list. That's, that's the list. And then I have my section where it's like in range, and I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten guys. So I like did some funky math in my own head, and for me, that equates to Mitch's range being like 11 to 15. But I really didn't know. I, I like after the, those top seven, I'm like, man, am I sure that this guy's better than Mitch? Am I sure that this guy's better than Mitch? I, a lot of Kool-Aid here in the Macri household, Fred. Talk A lot talk of Kool-Aid. Yeah. I had Mitch in the top 15. Okay. So there you go. But there were a few other that like Jared Allen, I for sure have above him. I, I'm Robert smiling. Williams, I for sure have above him. Uh, okay. Uh. Miles Turner, I for sure have above him. Are, okay, I got to stop you there. Are we sh- are we sure Miles Turner will be a better NBA center this year than Mitchell Robinson? 
how much are we factoring in injuries? I I mean, I and think availability. I mean, I guess with with Turner, Turner did not look great in the preseason. And I don't know how much of that has to do with the fact that he's gone through a lot of injuries and the last one was a foot one. And that is, that is not good. And how much of it has to do with the fact that every day that he wakes up, he's heading to the Lakers in a different type of trade. And he knows and it. the Pacers are going to be maybe the worst team in the Eastern conference. And he's a free agent after this year. And he is totally checked out. And I don't even mean that as like a Vince Carter to yeah. quitting in Toronto kind of way. It's just like, those are hard mental conditions to do your job. And I'm, so I'm just, I'm just considering it all a wash and I'm just going by what I believe miles Turner to be based on who we've seen him be to have someone who is legitimately an elite rim protector. He's never made an all defense team, but he, he could have, he's not just a shot blocker. Like he is a, he's a shot alterer and a pain protector in, in the ways that you want uh, to have someone who can protect the rim and shoots the three well enough to where you have to guard him on the perimeter is such a rare set of skills to have in tandem yes. that it just makes him more valuable than the summation of his actual values. If that makes sense, like having those two skills in tandem makes you a more valuable than if you're way better at multiple other types of skills. It makes it, 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 it makes complete sense where what I'm wondering with Turner and I think this actually, I could, I'm going to relate this to Mitch and then I'll relate it to the other two guys you mentioned in Robert Williams and, and Jared Allen. How do those two skills match up with the two elite skills? I, and actually, two and a half elite skills with Mitch, because I think you have to say he's an elite rim protector at this point. I, I consider him that. I do think there is now an argument between him and Steven Adams, different types of players, but I think it's at least a discussion who is the best offensive rebounder in the league. And I think the way he guards the pick and roll and shout out to some, some Knicks B writer, I forget his name who highlighted in a column today that uh, Mitch has looked awfully comfortable defending out near the perimeter with the arms down arms wide, like in the right stance with, uh, you know, obviously I'm being facetious. You wrote about this, like, he is not, he's no longer a, a one trick pony on defense. I don't know if he ever was a really one trick pony, but I think his overall defensive game has grown to the point where it's, it's, he could now be in that conversation. Like, is he the third or fourth best defensive center in the league? And when you factor in the offensive rebounding, I don't, that's what I'm talking myself into here. And like, there's a ceiling there that I don't know. Can Jared Allen reach that ceiling? I know he's a more multifaceted offensive player. I, I totally get that. And Mitch will never be in that category. I don't know. Bob, big Bob, he's a higher. I think he's probably a higher ceiling defensively, but I don't know. It's just an interesting conversation. It's an interesting conversation. It's an interesting conversation for me. The difference, by the way, with Robert Williams, first of all, my goodness, was he good as a weak side defender last year? It was next yeah. level. Um, and really the separator for me, Robert Williams is not just a rim diver and rebounder on the offensive end. He's right. a fabulous passer. Yep. They will, he will create for guys from the high post till he'll create for guys from behind the three point line and he'll find cutters and he dices guys up. Like he's like a really fabulous passer. And that's a, that's a big time separator for me on top of the fact that he was so great defensively last year, but, but injuries are, are a big thing with him too. He's really struggled to, to stay healthy, but he is a smart smart player. Robert no, Williams. you're right. He, he gets a lot out of his, his abilities as well. And he is, an insane athlete on top of it all. Even with the injuries 
you're right. He should go. So then I'll, I'll expand my top seven to a top eight. And, but again, that leaves me with a range of like nine to nine to 18. Is, can I read yeah, you the I other mean, look, names? Here's what I'll say. Mitch, yeah. Mitch has a chance to get into the top 10 in my mind. Like, Oh yeah. He had, he had the best, he had the best preseason of anybody on the next. Uh, yes. I should say he had, uh, he showed the greatest progression of anyone on the next. He had, he had the, the, the best vibes preseason of anyone on the next. Maybe Jalen Brunson beats that, but like you watch him, you're like, Oh, well, that looks pretty good. Like the defense looks good. The defense looks good enough on the perimeter. I mean, I mean, you mentioned what I wrote about this morning with his perimeter defense, uh, the defense looks good enough on the perimeter that Tibbs openly said that he thinks he can use him in more coverages now. Like he doesn't have to just play drop against pick and rolls. Like I, I'm really curious to see how often Tibbs is going to send him up to the level of the screen. If, yep. if I don't think they're going to run like heavy switch coverages with him, but maybe emergency situation, a defender gets hung up on a screen this year. Maybe Mitch is a little bit more eager to do an emergency switch in that situation than he would have been in the past where he just stays back. Like I just, I think there's more flexibility with his defense now. And that's very encouraging. I, I I still think Steven Adams is the best offensive rebounder in the league, but I, I I do think Mitch is the second best. I do think he's the second best. Steven Adams is just, he's a a freaking fright. He's he's a, uh, he's a DC superhero. He is not a a human being. I need you to ask Tom, by the way, what advanced metrics they use to measure vibes and, and see. (laughs) What what answer he gives you? Um, Mitch has Mitch just has good vibes, man. He's just he's a good vibes. vibes person. He's um, just a good vibes person. He just he 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 he. His press conferences crack me. I enjoyed the laugh. defending Alec. Shout out Alec Burks. Damn right, you should stand up for Alec Burks. It was not Alec Burks's fault. What happened? I last year. I I I felt bad for for that reporter because I don't think he meant anything bad by it no. at all. Uh, but I also did not feel bad cracking up when he looked at a reporter and who said that Alec Burks was not a pure point guard when he looked at a reporter and just said, that's rude. I did not feel bad cracking up because I have been owned in so many different press conferences. Oh, come on. Life, no, I don't so many different ways. Oh, dude, I covered Russell Westbrook. Please. I have oh, been destroyed true. in press conferences in my life by many people, sometimes deserving, sometimes not. And uh, it, it gives me a pass to laugh whenever anybody gets the same treatment. And, and with Mitch, it's like, I mean, that was in, he was not rude at all, Mitch. That was, that was in totally good fun. I thought that was a very suave and very funny response. It was uh, also shout out to your colleagues at the athletics, uh, Shams and um, Mr. Edwards, who covers the Pistons, confirming that the Pistons will indeed wave Kemba Walker today. Again, shocked, shocked. I am at this development. <laughs> Um, uh, who else do you have in like the Mitch? I'll give you the, so you have 10 guys. Who yeah. Uh, Nurkic, Pirtle, um, Miles Turner, Robert Williams. But again, I'm moving Robert Williams up. Uh, Brooke Lopez, got, out of respect, out of respect. Uh, Vooch, remember him? How you doing? Clint Capella, um, Jared Allen, Steven Adams. And I, I hate to do this, but I had to. Kristaps Porzingis. Yes. Okay. That. That, that's about it. I, I also have Daniel Gafford in there. And wow, high on Gafford. I like Daniel Gafford. And I have Maxi Kleba in there. Oh, I have Maxi um, in a different category. And and I have um I have I, I just figured on getting bold. I have Onyeka Okongwu in there. 
also I have in a different category, but th- I love it. That's fine. That's a see, but it's a big range. Yeah. Want to um, do the next category? Just let the centers center conversation bleed into the next one. Sure. Or is that boring? It. No. What? What you? So you tell me what's the next category you want to go to? Uh, I mean, you want to do uh, Isaiah Hartenstein best backup centers? I'll see, and we can let it let it bleed. To me, this is the easiest one. He's he's in a range Great. of I, I said a range of one to five of five players. He's one to five. He's in the top five. He's yeah, I have him at four, but maybe higher. I couldn't really delineate. I feel like they're all kind of similar. But I have I have a Kongwu, I have Gafford, I have Kevin Love, I have Hartenstein, um, and I have Kleba. No Bobby Portis? Oh, Bobby Portis. Yeah. I, I guess I just forgot Bobby Portis. Yeah. Throw on Bobby Portis as well. He, he's a very good backup center. And we're assuming Precious Achua starts in Toronto? I guess I'm assuming Precious Achua starts. I, I Precious Achua, I 100% have because he was literally my MIP pick. So Really? Yes. Wow. Okay. I don't know if I believe it, but I do believe he's going to make a massive leap. I just always assume MIP is coming out of Toronto. <laughs> Like shot assumption. shot shot 40 shot 40 percent from three over the last 24 games of last year shot looks good he takes backup centers off the dribble he you you look at uh toronto's lineup data crazy at him with the starters they destroy you take out obi uh you take out og and obi you put him in they destroy you take out siakam you put him in they destroy anyone gary trent you put him in they destroy as long as it's him van vliet and three other starters the lineup data is insane because he just He's a, he's kind of a pace changing center and now he spreads the floor and he's active and Toronto athletic guys always become amazing in two years. So um, why not him next sound organization? Those Toronto Raptors, uh, speaking of lineups and things that centers could do, uh, Hardenstein played, I think it was about four and a half minutes with our, well, him and the other backups played about four and a half minutes with RJ, uh, end of the third, beginning of the fourth quarter the other night. And I feel like that having Hartenstein on the floor with RJ is something that I'd like to see more of because I know RJ has a nice connection with Mitch, but just Hart being able to step out to four, you know, 12, 14, 16 feet, a range that he's cut, not automatic, but like he makes whatever he makes from that range, 55, 60% of it's obscene how many he makes. I wonder if that's a stagger that Tibbs will go to regularly. I kind of want him to. I'm into it. Yeah. I'm into it. Hart, Hart struggled in the preseason. A little bit, yeah. He had some bad moments. I, I didn't think his defense was up to snuff at all. I think he got he got beat a, a decent amount when he had straight from the rim on the backside, but I, I'm, not, I'm not too concerned about that. Um, I think he's getting his footing still offensively. He had some absolute dimes, but I think he's still, he looks like he's still weighing the balance of, okay, here's, here's when I pop and I turn into my catch and shoot spacer. And here is when I'm going to be operating, you know, out of the high post and facilitating. And I think he's still finding his role a little bit, Um, but he's a really good backup center. I, I like the idea of playing him with the starters in general, because you just get a little bit, you just pull your center out of the out of the paint. It, it, it allows RJ to get to the rim more. It allows Julius to get to the rim more. It allows Brunson to get to the rim more. So, so I like the idea of him playing with the starters in general. I, I think that's something we could totally see because um, there could be moments where Mitch gets offensively a little bit schemed 
schemed out of the game. Yes. And, and against, especially against the defense, like the aforementioned Toronto Raptors, let's say, who are just long and they run around. And I think that team is going to force more turnovers than any other team in the league, just like they did last year. And, and they're just going to be able to converge. That is a team that is going to be able to converge on the lane and recover in on their own guys and teams that play that sort of defense. Well, Knicks are going to struggle to, to play against because they're just going to be drive, drive, drive and try to get layups and free throws. And that's the type of team where, okay, Hart, Hartenstein will be a, a good change of pace for that first unit. Uh, completely agree. I hope we see it. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey guys, quick break to tell you about Factor. Factor makes it easy to eat clean 24-7 with fresh, never-frozen, prepared meals that are so delicious you wouldn't believe they're actually good for you. Factor saves you time by delivering chef-crafted meals to your doorstep, eliminating the hassle of grocery shopping and meal prep. Not to mention cleanup. No dishes to wash here. Each Factor meal arrives pre-prepared and ready to eat in two minutes. That's even faster than ordering in. Factor tackles the tough stuff so I don't have to. Their registered dietitians and expert chefs work hand-in-hand to create meals with nutritious ingredients. And with 29 meal options each week, I'm never bored. Going off script for this next part to tell you just how convenient and delicious I've found Factor. My to-do list is usually never ending. I rarely have time for meal prep. When Factor sent me a box to test out, I chose the extra protein option. They sent me a week's worth of meals and I had no idea just how convenient this was going to be. Each meal comes pre-prepared. You just put it in the microwave for two minutes, wait another two minutes for it to cool down, and boom, in four minutes, my meal is ready and it's delicious as well. Last night while I was editing this podcast, I heated up the pork shepherd's pie with white cheddar Yukon mash and roasted green beans. Not only was the prep time non-existent, but I was able to get a lunch break in and still get the podcast out for all of you to hear without taking a significant break. They have plenty of other meal options as well. There's vegan and veggie meals, keto, low-calorie options, cold-pressure juices, smoothies, energy bites, plant-based bars, extra protein, the one I chose, veggie sides, and more to keep you fueled and focused all day long. Don't hesitate. 
Head to go.factor75.com slash filmschool60 and use code filmschool60 to get 60% off your first box. That's code filmschool60 at go.factor75.com slash filmschool60 to get 60% off your first box. Okay, um, it's time to play everybody's favorite parlor game. Who hates RJ Barrett more? Fred Katz or Jonathan Macri? Um, there's a there's a T-shirt on the line here. I don't know what it's going to say, but something about I like RJ. Sure, you do. <laughs> I, I love RJ. I'm a big fan of RJ. As as my rankings will events. Um, so this is I don't know whose turn it is. My turn. Uh, my range for RJ amongst starting wings is 11 to 15. Oh wow, that's high. So I guess you you're the one who hates RJ Barrett today, my friend. Oh God, I'm gonna get killed, aren't I? But wait a minute, hold on. I also like so maybe we should clarify because we did not discuss who was a wing and who was not a wing. Like I don't have like Devin Booker or like Bradley Beal. Like to me, those guys are sh- are shooting guards. Okay, that's fair. I mean, still, I'm gonna get killed. Should well, I, let me, I, I have, have so like you, you want me to give you my names? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let me, let's hear them. Here are my names in no particular order. Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Scotty Barnes. I'm going to get killed for that, but that's fine. Kevin Durant, Anthony Edwards, Brandon Ingram, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, DeMar DeRozan. And DeRozan, I tacked on at the end. I'm not, you could tell me that RJ is going to have better overall season than DeMar, but like the dude made second team all NBA last year. So feels like, um, and then the guys that I have in RJ's range, are Mikal Bridges, Desmond Bain, Andrew Wiggins, and Michael Porter Jr. So I had Wiggins ahead. Okay. Um, I had Bridges ahead. Bridges is that dude's a first team all defense guy. It's just he is. He's if you can defend at that level, I mean, that is an elite skill. Shoots the three. They're different. What's hard about this is they're different kinds of players. You know? That's what I was they, about to ask you. They it, fit different roles. Um, but I so also Mikal, have Mikal being the very the apex version of what he is and like the literally the best you could be at what he does. That to you is more valuable. And I don't think this is, there's a right or wrong answer, but to, to you, that's more valuable than RJ. Okay. Yes. And the reason why is because I can use the line about Bridges that I say about Quentin Grimes all the time and have probably said on this podcast. The reason Quentin Grimes is so valuable is because you can drop him onto all 30 teams and he will make them better without you having to change your offensive or defensive ecosystem. Yes. And that is a tremendously valuable thing. With RJ, the type of player that RJ is gives him a higher ceiling than Bridges. But in order for RJ to be very good, he has to be great at that role. In order for Bridges to be very good, he just has to be very good at that role. So it's harder for RJ to be to to have an actual great impact on a game. I think it's plausible he gets there. And if he does get there, then he's surefire better than Bridges. Uh, I just think it's it's tough. I also think Bridges is is better than the role that the Suns have him in for what it's worth. Well, we've that's, seen when they've been down, guys, we've seen him yeah. step up and go for 30. And I think he's better than the role that he plays. Like there's a little bit of like of what if in there, considering just how loaded the Suns are with talent. I think it's reasonable to suggest that the Knicks would not trade RJ Barrett for Macau Bridges while also saying in no uncertain terms, the Suns 
would hang up the phone if the concept of trading RJ Barrett for Mikael Bridges came up. I think the Suns say no quicker than the Knicks. And the Knicks say no. Yes. Okay. Uh, but yes, I, um, I, I don't disagree. But the guys who I have ahead, I have, I have Tatum. I did put Booker there. So take it or leave it. I have Zach Levine. See, I didn't Jaylen consider Brown. him. I consider him more of like a, a ball handling yeah, guard, but sure. okay, that's fine. Who, who, yeah, wait, I guess so, he is. Yeah. Okay. So who else? I guess he is. Uh, Jalen Brown, Anthony Edwards. Uh, I put Ben Simmons there because I didn't know what the hell to do with Ben Simmons, but I put Ben Simmons there. I have DeMar DeRozan there. I have a guy named LeBron James. I have a guy named Kevin Durant. I have a guy named Paul George. I have a guy named Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I have Pascal Siakam, Brandon Ingram, Jimmy Butler, Bridges, Chris Middleton. I put Tobias Harris there. I put Andrew Wiggins there and I put OG Ananobi there, which I feel like Knicks fans are going to despise me for. And, and he's like the first guy who I have like blurred in like RJ's range. Okay. Um, but that puts RJ at around 21. So the only guy that you said that I'm feeling, I probably, I probably should have considered a, just a, a straight wing is Middleton. So I guess I, he obviously he's, He's better than RJ Barrett. The other guys I had more like LeBron, OG. Um, I think someone else that you may have said I had more in like the Julius category. So that's why. Sure, I that makes sense because I, I, I'm going to have Julius much higher than you then because I struggled to <laughs> to find. I was like, "There's no way Julius Randall should be this high." And I'm oh, like, Siakam. I just, "There are no power forwards." Siakam's yeah, Siakam. Siakam's I had in the Julius category. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. I mean, Scotty Barnes. And Scotty Barnes as well. I'm with you on Scotty Barnes, man. I and Evan Mobley. Both those guys are like, ooh, yes, they have chances to be unbelievable. Talk about good defensive rookies too. So uh, I'm actually gonna, I'm gonna give you some some praise here on behalf on behalf of the RJ supporters. Given that you coming. actually took from your list players who play the two, the three, and the four across the league. I actually think having RJ in like what what do you have him what twenty to twenty five something like that? I have him like in like like the twenty to twenty seven ish range. I have okay. him with like OG Ananobi, right around with Wiggins, right around with Tobias Harris and Harrison Barnes in there. I mean, he's really a four, but I, I put Barnes in there. Kyle Kuzma had a had a sneakily great year last year. Maybe. I had I had Kyle Kuzma in there, something like that. No, but I think that's like I don't. Again, considering where no, you, I wasn't being sarcastic. I like yeah. RJ. I think he has a chance to be an all star. And I, 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 you talk to anyone around him, he works his ass off. I think he concentrates on the right things. I think he will get better this year. Um, I, I think, I think he has a chance to be really good. It's just, you know, the efficiency numbers were really low last year, and I just got to see it over the course of a season before I say okay. He's he's got it, but I think he's focusing on the right things. He he's very 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 self aware, which is a great and rare trait to have in a young player. Someone who is as self aware as he is, who knows my strength is getting to the rim, so I'm going to play like Jimmy Butler instead of Bradley Beal. And I think that is 
what makes Jimmy Butler so good that Jimmy Butler is like, nope, I'm awesome at this and I'm not good at this. So I'm just going to do the stuff I'm awesome at. I'm going to be so awesome at it that you're not going to stop me. I'm going to work harder than everybody and develop all the peripheral skills and become a perennial all-star caliber player. And, and I think RJ has that same sort of, you know, he's not the same personality type as Jimmy Butler, obviously, but he, he has that same sort of self-awareness and that same sort of drive. And, um, He's got a chance to be really good. I think the reason why you have to like the contract is because you feel safe and secure feeling like there's going to be at least a half a decade stretch where RJ is comfortably in the top 20. And I think the question will always be, will he ever get into the top 10? And that's, that continues to be my uncertainty. And it's why I thought the, you know, the, the Donovan Mitchell trade conversation was an, you know, an interesting one, you know, the, at the very least. Um, that's a good contract. When the cap's going to spike in, yeah. in 2025. That, that's, I mean, look at the other guys from his draft class. So you mean Hero got more. Pool. Pool got more. Like, you want to talk good contracts. Man, Bridges signed for like, what, four for 90 last year? Mikhail? Well, like, and now all these these dudes from the draft class, the draft class later are, yeah. are getting in the hundreds. And it's like, do you rather have Mikael Bridges or, or Tyler Hero? It's like, oh no, it's not even close. But that, but then you see a kind of good job by you re- reporting on it today. Um, the Brandon Clark contract, like that dude, four for four for whatever it was, fifty uh, fifty two. Like it just it's really is, four for fifty. It's he's got 50. he's got two million dollars of incentives, and I I didn't report this literally just because I forgot. <laughs> uh, but the incentives are. Um, if the Grizzlies, he has a $500, a $500,000 bonus every year. If the Grizzlies win the title. So he's, uh, it's really it's better than Dinwiddie's. It was a dollar bonus. If they win the title yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's just interesting. Like certain, certain archetypes get paid and, and certain archetypes don't. Um, I think we have time for maybe one or two more. Who, who do you want to go to next? I am intrigued by Emmanuel quickly. Okay. Let's do quickly. Okay. He's interesting. So we, we, again, another clarifying question was, was shared between us earlier today. Um, just considering bench, bench combo guards. Okay. Yeah. There are two names that I have definitively above him. Can you guess who they are? Both Tyler have Hero. So I don't Tyler consider, Hero. Is Tyler Hero still coming off the bench? Oh, I guess not. Okay. So then... Then Malcolm Brogdon. That's one. And Jordan. And just Poole. Mentioned, uh, that's the other. That's, I mean, I definitely have those two guys. Okay. Uh, I, I'm I sure there are like others, I have to put, like, I kind of feel like I have to put Jordan Clarkson above. He's one of six, man. I had him. And then I, at the last second, I put him in the in range section. Cause I'm like, am I, am I sure? Am I sure? Mm-hmm. Um, Eric Gordon's an interesting one. Oh, that's good. Eric Gordon's an interesting one. He was actually pretty good last year on a Rockets team. That was just kind of a disaster situation for him. And just like, I don't know, I would have bet anything that they were going to trade him last year. And then I would have bet anything that they were going to trade him this summer and they didn't. And I'd bet anything they're going to trade him this year. So I just assume he's going to go to a team and he's going to come off the bench and, and he can still play if he's healthy. Like he's, he's, he's one who I think I, I would have there. I, I don't know how we're including, Bogdan Bogdanovich, he's more of a wing, but he's had a lot of success. 
coming off the bench for Atlanta. He's an extremely different type of player than quickly though. So I don't think it makes sense for this, the purpose well, he, of this exercise. He's kind of a second. I mean, but now that you, I didn't consider him either, but now that you bring him up, he's kind of a secondary, especially now the role he'll have coming off the bench. Like, isn't he maybe going to run second units? That's an interesting, I'd put him above. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's, he's a very good player. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's good. He's a, he, and he, and he was a, Big time scorer for them when he did come off the bench last year. He averaged like 17 a game yep. in games. He came off the bench and, and shoots well as efficient. But I, I think somewhere around five for quickly. Okay. That makes sense, right? That's where I have him. Now, I had like Derek White as another name I threw in his in his category. Um, I always mispronounce his last name. Ao on the Bulls, who's I guess now going to start for them with. Lonzo yeah, out. he's starting over Patrick Williams. Yeah. Um, can I can I ask you a quickly question? Sure. Let's just talk quickly. Sure. Because I, I, I forgot to ring Gobi. Don't tell the listeners. I, <laughs> I got, I got bored. I got bored of doing all the power forwards. Oh, we should do Julius. I got, I got, I got bored of, of, of doing all the power forwards. I was like, there are no power forwards. Like everyone's just a wing who no. plays power forward. But you said to me uh, for Obi energy big. And, uh, and then I started trying to compile right. a list. And I was like, okay, it's like I literally have- just Larry Nance and Brandon Clark. Brandon, I was like, <laughs> Brandon Clark, oh, Larry Nance. That's the that's, that's our Obi list. It's just those three guys, yeah, and Larry Nance, and that's it. So, what's uh, your quickly question? How good of a shooter do you think Emmanuel oh. quickly is? I'm I'm intrigued by this. The dude hits unbelievably difficult shots. Uh, his sh- his shot profile is so weird. Do you think he's a great shooter or do you think he's a good shooter? I have trouble calling someone a great shooter who has made. What did, what did he make as, a, as he made 33% from deep last year, right? Or 34. Yeah. Okay. Th- moving, moving forward four years down the line. Will we say Emmanuel quickly is a great shooter? Like the year is the year is 2026. Yes. I think he's. From what you hear. Right from 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 people who who know such things, it seems like he's a he's a worker. Seems like he's got his head in the right place. He seems like he'll stay motivated. Um, I'm sure he wants to get paid, uh, especially with the money that's flying off the shelves nowadays. Um, and he sees that shooting gets paid, so if, as if there wasn't already enough of an incentive to stay in the gym late. And I I like I don't know it just. The, every time the ball comes off his hands, it looks like it's going in, and of course, it doesn't a lot, which is which is a bit of a concern. I, I think in three or in four or five years, he he will be a great shooter. Yes, his shot profile is so weird. Last year, he shot thirty five percent on pull up threes and thirty three percent on catch and shoot threes. I was in the locker room before the game on Friday, and I walked up to him and I was asking him about it. This is why I love locker room access because you can just kind of have these casual. Just kind of, just kind of shoot the shit conversations. Oh, sorry, can I'll I say it. that? These yes, you can. Okay, those casual sorts of conversations, and I was asking him about it, and and he knew he he was completely aware of the fact that he shot a better percentage on on uh, on pull up threes than he did on catch and shoot threes. And I was asking him like, why why is it like what is it about it? And he he was just like, I have absolutely no idea. And he was he was joking to me that. Uh, he was he was joking to me that he should just start taking more and more difficult shots because he just yeah. shoots better percentages on them. Just start shooting out of quadruple teams and and get going at it. But yeah, it's 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 fascinating. I'm so curious to see how that trend develops throughout his career because as a rookie, 
he was incredible on catch and shoot threes. And and I'm I'm just really curious to see how that I don't know how that's going to progress. I really don't know. And it's very interesting. I'm also sure that he's aware of the fact that uh, all the players in the league who hit more pull-ups than him at around the same percentage are all either max guys or $20 million plus a year guys, or they're going to be $20 million plus a year guys. So like that skill has value and I'm sure he knows that it has value. So 35% on a legitimate volume of pull-up three is, is very good. Yes. And that's why it's so weird. Like nobody shoots better on off the dribble threes than they do on catch and shoot threes. Nobody does it. It's, it's so it's just interesting to do that for a full season. I think he's an interesting player. He is an interesting player. That's um perfect transition to who we'll finish up with very quickly. We'll do this. Another interesting player, Julius Randall. I have 12 to 16. And again, my list it clearly includes, I think, more guys than yours. Cool. I have him at eleven. So, so that that makes sense. I, I probably had some other. So, who do you have ahead of him? And well, actually, who do you have in his in his range? I have two names written down in his range, and I'm sure there's more if I spent more time thinking about it. But Tobias Harris and John Collins. Yeah, I have John Collins in his range. Yeah, and Tobias Harris. That makes sense. Sure. And I mean, Tobias I Harris Scotty Barnes is. Tobias yeah, Harris, right. to your to your McCal point, Tobias maybe not as much because Tobias' shot comes and goes, but like Tobias Harris, I feel a lot more comfortable about dropping him on any of twenty nine teams, and like they could figure out some way to utilize him for twenty five to thirty minutes a night. And there are teams that if you drop Julius Randle on, I'm let's just say I'm less certain about that. Totally agree. Totally agree. Sometimes it like. You don't want to oversimplify with shooting. It's not about necessarily the shooting. It's about the geography, you know, it's, and that factors into everything. So it's not about people simplify it. And, and sometimes you hear people condescendingly say, well, three is more than two. It's better to have someone who shoots threes. It's not really the case. It's, it's, it's more of the geography that comes with someone who can shoot and, and the, the team play that it allows when you have somebody who can be on the, on the perimeter and that a defense can actually have to guard. Uh, and I think, I think Harris does more without the ball too. Yep. And, and ultimately you don't want those guys just handling the ball all the time. Julius, however, you buying into this, these preseason habits, how you feeling about this? Because Look, it's as if he listened to every, it's as if he spent the summer listening to every episode of Nick's film school. And he said, who is this guy, Jonathan Macri? I'm sure there was some choice words. How can I make him look like a fool? You you know what? If that's the role that I play for the Knicks, if if there's a scintilla of truth to that obviously he doesn't listen to the pod but if some somebody in his like extended circle is like hey there's some jerk off in brooklyn who just likes to get on his microphone and spout all kinds of nonsense about how you should be traded for a sack of deflated balls and here are the reasons why he says that if that motivates him to like do all the things that, again, I'll praise you. You wrote about what I thought very eloquently in your piece today. I'm so happy to play that role. Please allow me to do that. I just want to say, I hope this is the first time in podcast history in which the phrase sack of deflated balls has been used. <laughs> Shout out to our friends at Manscaped. <laughs> 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 
just took the words out of my mouth. You're Please welcome. put a Manscaped ad somewhere in this right oh, here. Oh, man, right we here. need the Manscaped ad. Oh my god! Ow! Oh! Ouch! Oh no! It's a bloodbath in here! There's gotta be a way to keep my dagger clean and shiny safely than this! This is what I used to deal with when I cut myself shaving before I knew about Manscaped. Which is why I now say thank you, Manscaped, for keeping my dagger slick and ready for wherever the night takes me. Manscaped is trusted by over 6 million men worldwide. Join the movement by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code FILMSCHOOL. It's time to end the days where shaving your balls becomes the final scene of a horror movie. The folks at Manscaped have the perfect package for your package to get this done. The -the below-the-waist grooming leaders have a fourth-generation performance package. Inside, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, liquid formulations, and two free gifts. Spooky season is here and Manscaped is getting you set, starting with the Lawnmower 4.0. This fourth generation trimmer also features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. Also included is their Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer is here to whack your weeds and any goblins that come your way. Both the lawnmower and the weed whacker are waterproof. So in the comfort of your own home or in wild waters, these tools are your best friends. Speaking of your best friends, don't forget to give your testies besties the love they desire with Manscaped's liquid formulations. First is the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. Hey, you put deodorant under your armpits, why not put deodorant on your balls? And can't forget about the Crop Reviver Ball Reviver to give your boys a boost. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Spend spooky season using the best tools for the job at Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with promo code FILMSCHOOL at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code FILMSCHOOL. Slay your worst pubes and keep your dagger clean during spooky season at Manscaped. Are you are you buying in? Are you buying in? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, here's why I'm... Tell me if I'm wrong. I'm buying in because I legitimately think he doesn't have a choice to the extent that someone with the financial security of four years and $100 million cannot have a choice. I believe he feels it would be untenable to go about. How else would he be able to go about playing this year without d- doing the things that he's starting to do? You know, like I don't like what other choices he have. Yeah. I mean, I believe Julius Randle was going through stuff last year. And and he just seems to be in a different headspace this year. Uh, He's been talking the whole time about how he made this effort to try to play differently. And and so far, I mean, look, you don't know what happens when there's a bump in the road. People revert. And I I don't mean that as like a, a conscious thing. It's just like when you meet adversity, you revert to your your comfort zone, right? You revert to your habits. And and we've seen what Julius Randall's comfort zone is. Now, maybe he's made such an effort to change that the comfort zone is now just going to be different. And he's going to feel comfortable doing this. And I think having a real point guard, by the way, a legitimately good point guard is is going to make all the difference in the world to him potentially if he ends up playing differently. Um, but I will say, I, look, it's, he's moving the ball. He's making quick decisions, which is a 
a big deal. We did not see that last year. We saw slow decisions. We saw viscous offense. And and Julius Randle making quick decisions can be a very good, very productive player, as we saw two years ago. And uh, yeah, he was he was. I mean, he he was his decision making in the preseason was very good. I, there were very few shots where I was like, bad job. Very few. Uh, no complaints. I want to see what happens in the last five minutes of Memphis, if that's a close game. And he gets the ball in the high post. What does he do? And how quick does he do it? Um, and then that'll, that'll, that'll be the evidence that I'm going to really factor into my assessment. But um, so far, so good. Uh, Fred Katz, you're incredible. You write about the Knicks for The Athletic. Um, I love reading what you write all the time. I have other things that I want to ask you about some other stuff that you've written recently, but I'll, I'll try to save those for next time uh, when you will surely be back on uh, hopefully soon. Um, well, thank you for having me on. I, you guys have a great podcast, Andrew. I've, I've never wondered how perfectly quaffed somebody's nuts are, but yours must be unbelievable <laughs> after reading those manscaped ads. It must be amazing. So it's an honor. It's just an honor to be brought on to something like this. How did we end here? <laughs> Shout out to our friends at Manscaped. Use promo code Film School. It is Fresh Ball Fall, by the way, Fred. Congrats. Welcome to Fresh Ball Fall. Not to be confused with Smooth Sack Summer. <laughs> <laughs> someone said, I think, I think someone should how about How about Hairless Scrotum Autumn? There you go. I'll, that, you know, I'll, I'll send that, that to them. And you laugh, but that could be in an ad read. Absolutely. I, the best thing is what I'll I'll send like our little KFS group chat, um, like the script. And it's like, I have to read this. And <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even send them the script for the one that the the horror movie one. I just was like, I'm just going to let it let it go out there. And they, see what they happens. have amazing marketing. People they do. For what it's wrong. The fact, the fact that they were like, this is an extremely funny business. We have to lean all the way into all it. And that will be our brand. It's, it's brilliant. We are it, talking it, about it right now. Fantastic, yes. Yeah. It's a fantastic brand. Everybody exactly. has fun with it. It's funny. Yes. Well, uh, let us hope that we have fun with the 2022-23 New York Knicks. Mm. Professional segue, Mr. Mackey. Well done. Um, before I let you go, um, Fred, can you remind everybody at home where they can find you and all of your stuff? Yes, you can You can follow me uh, on Twitter, at Fred Katz. You can read my stuff on The Athletic. Uh, I have a story up this morning. Uh, the, the lead part of it is just about Julius Randle's ball movement. And if you want more ball movement, you can listen to the Manscapers. <laughs> That's it. We're done. All right. Hope you enjoyed that episode with Fred. He is fantastic. If you are somehow listening to this podcast and you have not subscribed to The Athletic, you should do so. They are running deals uh, seemingly all the time in which they offer subscriptions for a dollar a month. Um, it is it is worth that a lot more uh, for Fred's writing alone. And they also have a lot of other good stuff too, but um, mostly Fred. Fred's amazing. Uh, I think that's it. Um, don't forget, be on the lookout for the crossover, crossover episode coming on your feed uh, tomorrow. And then of course, opening night on Wednesday when we will have uh, full blanket coverage of that game, uh, I will, of course, be on post-game recapping what we hope, we hope, we hope, we hope 
the Knicks win. Um, be a tough, tough task, tall order going into Memphis and coming out with a victory. But, you know, stranger things have happened. So we will keep our fingers crossed. Okay. Uh, talk soon. Uh, everybody have a good week. Peace out. Chapman, welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.